0: Welcome to today's discussion, Guidelines for a Transition to the Hybrid Cloud, sponsored by Merlin International and NetApp U.S. Public Sector. Now, here's your host, John Gilroy. Welcome and thanks for joining us. My guests today are Mark Zalubas, Chief Technology Officer, Merlin International, and Mike Dye, Chief Technology Officer for Civilian, NetApp U.S. Public Sector. Gentlemen, how are you today? Fantastic, John.
1: Very well, John. Thank
0: you. Well, everyone's talking about this hybrid cloud. You know, many federal agencies are considering moving to the cloud. This transition is more than a lift and shift to one of the major cloud offerings. Merlin International and NetApp have combined to let you take advantage of what called the hybrid cloud. Let me ask you a question here, Mark. Um, moving to this cloud is matured. It used to be you get the low-hanging fruit and maybe email and shift over that. But there's no low-hanging fruit anymore, is there?
1: Well, I think there is still low-hanging fruit, but I do agree that it's getting a little bit more complicated with what people are doing to get to the cloud. It used to be looking at what you've got and figuring out how to take the entire thing and move it into the cloud. And now it's looking at part of it remaining on your own data center and part of it moving into the cloud. So that's, that's where the hybrid cloud comes in. So, Mike, this makes it much more complex, doesn't it? It does,
2: because now you have to worry about your data and where it's going to reside and your access patterns. It, it creates a lot of different intricacies that have to be thought
0: about. You know, I, uh, I like checklists, and before I do my radio show, I go through it. It's just like a pilot, I
1: guess, you know. And I'm thinking, well, there's got to be a checklist for moving to the hybrid cloud. I don't know if it's that easy. Well, you kind of look at the checklists that were put together to move people to the cloud as a whole, and then realize that you're going to have to apply that checklist multiple times depending on how many clouds you're moving into simultaneously. So it, it could be that today your application is in one place, you own everything, you know where it is, you know where your data is, and you can see it. Now you're moving it into two or three locations, but you still need to view it as a singular thing. You need to make sure the SLAs of all of the clouds you've chosen are high enough. And so, yeah, it's like looking at multiple checklists at the same time. So, Mike, where does NetApp fit in this transition? It's obviously, as a storage company, we're worried about your
2: data and making sure that it's protected and is safe and is reliable. We, we don't want any kind of corruption, and we want to make sure that you'll can access it in the right place and at the right time. So in a hybrid environment, you know, Mark talked about SLAs. That's a a great launching pad because you want to understand the latencies that you're dealing with and how uh, users need to get to that data and what their feel has to be when they touch it. You don't want to have something that's going to have them with the clock spinning. So we need to make sure that we get that data where it needs to be at the right time.
0: You know, Mark, I'm teaching a class in uh, in January in the Graduate School of Georgetown, and I'm trying to put together my class together now. But I'm wondering what good is that going to be? Everything's going to change by December, and I think many agencies are in a situation where they're considering a hybrid cloud, but they have to design a system that it's flexible
1: for potential changes in the future. Absolutely, I think I think you're always designing with change in mind. And and this is no different. So I I think that as you undertake different uh, prototypes and different examples, you learn things, and then that better informs what you're going to do in the future. But there will be new tools built in the future. There will be new models that roll out, and you've constantly got to be upgrading your ideas. So that's why a company like NetApp is constantly innovating, because well, it's changing all the time. Well, mm-hmm. to Mark's point, we thought
2: the IT industry as a whole is a fast-changing world. I mean, I've been in it for a very long time. My father started a computer store back in 1980. I mean, I'm showing my gray hairs here. But it is accelerated with the cloud. You look at what the cloud providers do for their customers and the kind of services that they offer, it's breathtaking the depth that uh, they have gone to and the
1: kind of options that you have available to you now. It's just shocking. Yeah, i would like to add to that as well because you've seen in, in manufacturing situations where you've got old factories but there was a deep investment made and it had to be amortized over a number of years and then these new startups would happen with new technologies and they would just beat the efficiencies of the old factories you think of IT, it's really the same way with the Mm -hmm. cloud, is that you've built on the basis of some older technologies, which are wonderful and they were great at the time. But now where native cloud applications are being born, uh, you have to take a look at that and say, "I I almost can't afford to use up or amortize the rest of my old investment because the new one offers me such a great performance improvement Uh, scalability improvement, efficiency, ease of flexibility, and I I have to pay attention to it. And so a company like Merlin International has to have people that are inside
0: agencies, and they have to listen very carefully to all the dependencies because maybe some agencies aren't aware of what some of the changes may imply.
1: That's right. You have to look at it from both sides. You have to look at it from the standpoint of do we understand our customers' applications and what they're trying to accomplish with them, how they work, what pieces are considered critical to them. And then you have to take a look at the the cloud side and understand which piece and how it works and which pieces can be moved into the cloud and which ones should not be, and then use those two together to create the new architecture. So, Mike, how do you work with Mark on achieving these goals? We collaborate to make sure that
2: we're getting those SLAs and get those applications to the right level that they need to to be at. It mark's spot on. You don't analyze things that much differently for a cloud world than you do for an on-prem world. You take you take into account where it's going to reside and how you're going to get to it. So, am I going to be able to use something that's in close proximity to me? Does that matter in this world? Because there's different places we can put your data to to make that more meaningful or less meaningful based on what you're doing. It you want to be able to manage these things effectively as well. So, if you want to be able to get that data and replicate it to your site or take it from your site and replicate it up to the cloud, those are considerations that you have to keep in mind as you you uh, design these applications. And then look at today's world. It's less and less about massive applications that you're going to take months and years to design to bring online and more about microservices and small little things that you amend and change as you move forward. And now those microservices can be in different places and accessing different resources to give you what you need for your, your uh, organization.
0: Yeah, interesting. SLAs and microservices, never put those together. My guests today are Mark Zalubas, Chief Technology Officer at Merlin International, and Mike Dye, Chief Technology Officer for civilian NetApp US Public Sector. I'm your moderator, John Gilroy, on the discussion, Guidelines for a Transition to the Hybrid Cloud. Sponsored by Merlin International and NetApp on Federal News Radio 1500
3: AM and federalnewsradio.com. For government agencies, Data is the lifeblood that enables mission attainment. In hybrid cloud environments, agencies worry about the lack of visibility and control over their data. Merlin International and NetApp are teaming together to help agencies realize their mission objectives with next-generation data center capabilities. Data management versus storage. Consumption versus CapEx transactions. Cloud and software subscriptions. Merlin and NetApp deliver the solutions that agencies need for trusted enterprise data management. For more information, visit merlin-intl.com.
0: Welcome back to the panel discussion, Guidelines for a Transition to the Hybrid Cloud, sponsored by Merlin International and NetApp on Federal News Radio 1500 AM and federalnewsradio.com. My guests today are Mark Zalubas, Chief Technology Officer at Merlin International, and Mike Dye, Chief Technology Officer for Civilian, NetApp U.S. Public Sector. I'm your moderator, John Gilroy. A lot of people toss out this term SLA. I first learned about SLA about 10 years ago with phone service because people want to have really high quality phone service and and they wanted to. Now, what was interesting with SLA is you could pay for just as much SLA as you wanted. (laughs) And so it's not a black and white term. There's a lot of uh, different types of definitions, isn't that Mark?
1: Yeah, there really are. And I think it is important to kind of get a a definition of service level. So- the, the easiest piece, and it's not included in service level, is really the functionality, although it can be brought down, is to say, what does it do for me, the The thing it does? But then service level talks about those non-system requirements, things like performance, throughput, responsiveness, scalability, availability, is it still around, is it secure, those type of things, and... Um, And it is important because in the old days, uh, and you're still doing it a little bit, is you used to buy your own platforms. And I knew I had to be running at three nines of availability, four nines, or I had to have a certain speed or performance. I would buy more hardware or more redundancy to give me those things. And now I just pay money to the service provider, the cloud provider, to provide that to me. So I define everything in terms of what I need, not how I'm going to do it. And that's the essence of service lab. Yeah. Um, we talk about moving to cloud, hybrid cloud. Mike, you know, there may be some applications out
0: there that aren't good candidates for the cloud.
2: That's absolutely true. And you have to look at that. And it may be that it'll run fine in the cloud if you're willing to pay for it. But there are times where you have a fairly well understood architected application that it makes sense to keep in-house and that it doesn't make sense to move that up to the cloud. It really has to be analyzed. There's not a a book that I can run to and say, these apps belong in the cloud, these apps belong in your data center. It really is something that you analyze your own environment and work with people like Merlin to help you do that. Because that you want to have someone who understands the cloud, whether you're uh, going to a private cloud, public cloud, hybrid environment, you need to have all of that well understood.
0: Yeah. Two weeks ago, I had Dave Mahalsick in the studio and we talked from about DISA. DISA obviously has a lot of systems that not good
1: candidates for the cloud. Right. Yeah, I, I one of the things that you can look at is some of these systems are so old that the cloud tends to start with a more modern technology yes, stack, and they exactly. just don't run in the cloud. Some older mainframes, some older operating systems, some older code bases, and you can decide that maybe you just want to deprecate them and make them go away, or you want to rebuild them for the cloud. And and so those are ones that are candidates later, and they're, they're prioritized lower on the list. It, it's almost it, like...
2: I was just sorry, John. Didn't mean to interrupt. What it does is it creates that environment where you have to look at the the heavy lifting involved in converting it into the cloud. If I'm translating Cobol code into something that can run in a Docker container, that's some pretty hefty work that we
0: have to look at and what's it going to take to make that happen? Hey, Mark, let's diagram that sentence. Cobalt and Docker. And this yeah. is a sentence. I mean You're getting an hey. award for that, aren't you? Well, there's
1: only, they're only one letter apart, C and D. <laughs> well, strangely enough, I was thinking about that exact thing last week with a customer problem that I was uh, trying to solve, but strange how this happens, yeah. You, know, you can't have a cup of coffee
0: with someone unless you start talking about IoT, because yeah. there may be some kind of a, a device in the cup of coffee. I mean, you don't know anymore. And so by uh, 2020, we know the number 20 billion devices have IoT. So what does this – what implications does this have for our federal listeners? I mean, all these devices, managing them, how to manage them, this data comes and goes. I mean, zettabytes, all kinds of crazy
1: situations. Yeah, and and – a lot of times you don't know how much processing you're going to need and this is where the cloud really makes a lot of sense that in the early uh, stages of the deployment of iot devices you're going to get a little bit of data and then as you start to add iot devices and as you start to do more uh, in-depth analysis of that data more correlations and things like that you need more and more processing power because the value is there to do so if the value is not there you won't do it and that's why uh, you had mentioned earlier about, I, I could buy more service level than I need. You don't really want to because it's expensive. And so in this case, you only buy as much as you need. And I think that's what's going to be important for IoT. Mike, you have all kinds of new words now. you got structured data, unstructured data,
3: mm-hmm.
1: mostly structured
0: data. Yep, yep. I mean, what does this all mean? <laughs> well, it, it's all about what you're storing. If you're talking
2: about Internet of Things, it could be log data or output from a machine that's out in the ether somewhere that you need to be able to analyze and look at patterns so that you can identify crime, uh, intrusions, and things like that. If you're looking at home directories where people just store pictures of Aunt May, uh, that's another way to look at an unstructured environment. And then you've got databases, which still exist today, that have very rigid form and function that are easy to predict and easy to run with. You know, Mark hit the nail on the head. In in the past, I would go out to a customer site and I would ask them to tell me what your requirements are. What kind of IOPS? How many IOs per second do you think you're going to need? in it? what kind of a latency? These are unknown questions today because we don't know where this world is going. And it makes it much more difficult to precisely architect a solution for you. And that's why we have to have these different ways of storing the data, whether we store it in the cloud store it in your data center. And there's a new option where we can store it near the cloud, yet use cloud resources to access it. So it gives us a real flexibility that we didn't have before. And to Mark's point, I need more of something, just add it into the mix. You know, I'll go online and check the box and I got more resources.
0: So Mark has a skill set to sit down with an agency, get a piece of paper and figure out all these options that they don't even know they have. Exactly. And it's, it's about the interview process. When you're sitting down with this
2: client this customer tell us what you're going to be doing and let's really think this out and understand each other because it's it's all about that interview so that there's nothing left on the table that you don't have any unknowns or any uncertainties
0: my guests today are mark zalubas chief technology officer merlin international and Mike Dye, Chief Technology Officer for Civilian, NetApp, U.S. Public Sector. I'm your moderator, John Gilroy, on the discussion, Guidelines for a Transition to the Hybrid Cloud. Sponsored by Merlin International and NetApp
3: on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM and federalnewsradio.com. For government agencies, Data is the lifeblood that enables mission attainment. In hybrid cloud environments, agencies worry about the lack of visibility and control over their data. Merlin International and NetApp are teaming together to help agencies realize their mission objectives with next-generation data center capabilities. Data management versus storage. Consumption versus CapEx transactions. Cloud and software subscriptions. Merlin and NetApp deliver the solutions that agencies need for trusted enterprise data management. For more information, visit merlin-intl.com.
0: Welcome back to the panel discussion, Guidelines for a Transition to the Hybrid Cloud, sponsored by Merlin International and NetApp on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM and federalnewsradio.com. My guests today are Mark Zalubas, Chief Technology Officer Merlin International, and Mike Dye, Chief Technology Officer for Civilian, NetApp U.S. Public Sector. I'm your moderator, John Gilroy. Now, everyone's like specifics and talking about, you know, in general, Merlin on National, NetApp, and Storage. Maybe you can give us a little example for our listeners about how you've helped an agency.
1: Yeah, we uh, we are working with one of the large government healthcare organizations, and they have built out their trusted internet connection to the, to the, well, trusted internet connection to the internet from the department. And in the early days, bought a lot of appliances to do this, but as you start to buy appliances, they're potentially over would or they're large and they take up a lot of data center space. And what they've done is they've gone to the point where they wanted to virtualize everything. Now that's a very nice step on the way to the cloud, because in order to get things into some of these infrastructure as as a service clouds, you need to be able to virtualize them so you can put them wherever you want. And so what they've done is they've acquired that. We worked in conjunction with NetApp to size an environment where uh, that we deployed for them. And they were able to put all of the applications in one environment all at the same time in a much smaller footprint, smaller energy use, smaller heat generation, and it's it's more convenient, but it's also one step away from moving directly into the cloud. So, we're, so it gives them all kinds of flexibility there. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. You know, Mike Dye, there's an old, old commercial. Uh, I think there's a woman on a TV, I can remember, talking about the American Express card And they said, why do you have an American Express card? Because it gives me possibilities. Mm -hmm. And that's what the hybrid cloud does for our listeners, isn't it?
2: It does, because you want to be able to do things where it makes sense and not be forced to do something by edict. You want to be able to say, this is flexible. I need to be able to grow this and be able to be dynamic with it and scale up resources where it makes sense. Or say, I'm on an extremely tight and fixed budget Therefore, I know what I'm going to put in and I know what I'm going to have. And you want to have those ranges in between. And that's what hybrid cloud does for you. It gives you those possibilities.
0: You know, Mark, um, the possibilities may include backup, encryption, dynamic storage management, a lot of options. and, And you may have a budget situation where you want to emphasize one and not emphasize another.
1: Absolutely, and that's why it's uh, beautiful that there are multiple clouds out there, and also there's a capability with the uh, data fabric, and I'm going to have Mike talk about that in a second from NetApp because it doesn't matter where you put it, you're always going to get the great performance, great encryption, security, protection, uh, redundancy, and performance that you need to get the job done, regardless of which cloud you choose because you're you're in this hybrid environment where you're controlling the SLA, but you're taking advantage of the cheap resources in the cloud.
0: You know, Mike, uh, everyone's talking about innovation these days, and innovation hubs and innovation centers and everything else. NetApp was leading an innovator for the last 20 years in all this area, haven't they been?
2: It's nice to be on the tip of the spear and continue <laughs> to stay f- balanced there. You know, Mark talked about our data fabric, and it's something that we came uh, announced about three or four years ago. But what's interesting about it is that we're one of the few hardware vendors that does not run away from the cloud conversation. And that's because we will run our data services in whatever format and whatever environment you need them. If you need to have something with your storage in the cloud, properly sitting in the cloud, we can do our on tap cloud product. If you need something that is near the cloud so that you can have scalable compute resources, but you have data governance issues or other reasons to keep the data on your own gear, we'll pop it right next to the cloud in a co-location facility and then we've also got our traditional on-prem products but what having the same management tools does for you is it allows me to replicate into the cloud replicate near the cloud and then take that data and run with it so if you want to do your online applications in your data center yet use all those compute resources in the cloud to do some kind of analytic workload on it and then just throw tons of cpu resources at it no problem we can take care of that yeah.
0: You know, some people may think that it's uh, just flip a switch and we harbor cloud tomorrow. I mean, there's there's a lot of thought that has to go into it, especially with many different types of interdependencies.
1: Yeah, absolutely, because at the end of the day, you're still responsible for that application. You're still responsible to ensure that the mission of the department still gets executed successfully, that the performance is there, that the security is there, and that you're not on the front page of the Washington Post. So you need to know and have the confidence— to say, I can do this. I can put this over here. I can put that over there. And um, maybe today I'm not ready to put that into the cloud. I'm going to keep it in my own data center. But, it, but it's still going to perform as a single entity, and I'm in control of it.
2: Yeah, let me just highlight what Mark just said that's really important. You still own your data. You still own your applications. You still own the mission. That is the most important thing to understand because... It's up to you to make it successful. Whether you put it in a cloud or whether you put it in your own data center, it is up to you to make that successful. So you still have to analyze things. You still have to work things out. This is not an easy button that you just push and poof, all of your problems go away. You still have
0: to do that work. You know, Mark, I was on the phone today with folks at NASA, and I'm just thinking, how can they predict what's going to happen six to eight months? I mean, there may be a lot of information coming in and a hard time juggling back and forth. And so this dynamic allocation of memory has to be dynamic allocation of services, too, because you can sit with a customer and tell them about what NetApp might provide. They
1: may need it now. They may need it in six months. They may need it in a year. They may not even know they're going to need it in a year. Yeah, there's there's a difference also between capabilities, the the ability to do certain things and elastic resources where I just need more. I need more storage or I need less storage. Uh, Let's say I'm NASA and I think I'm going to do a big mission and I buy a whole big infrastructure. I pay for it. I own it. And then it doesn't happen. Well, now I've got it. What am I going to do with it? With the cloud, I never bought it in the first place. I only buy as much as I need. If I need more and it's valuable to buy more, I will. And I have that uh, flexibility. You know, NASA is using crowdsourcing to evaluate. They have so much
0: data, they can't handle it. So, Mike, is is big data really a a big headache for some agencies?
2: That's an understatement. (laughs) Data is coming out of people's ears. It's (laughs) so voluminous. And you really have to be able to get your arms around it and manage it effectively. It's not about buying inexpensive disks at the local uh, you know, big box store. It's about managing that data and effectively wrapping it up and taking care of it. And when I say manage it, I mean how we deploy it, how we back it up, and how we format it for those tools, so that you can use data efficiencies to to make sure it doesn't run away with
0: you. So Mark, really, uh, the most important part is is listening and understanding what options are available
1: for this transition. Absolutely. Just uh, the customer mission is primary. You have to start with that, and then everything flows down from there. What functionality do they need? What service level do they need? Do they want to do analytics? I'd like to thank today's guests,
0: Mark Zalubas, Chief Technology Officer at Merlin International, and Mike Dye, Chief Technology Officer for Civilian NetApp U.S. Public Sector. I'm John Gilroy. Federal News Radio, 1500 AM. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsradio.com and search hybrid cloud. Listen to the entire discussion, guidelines for a transition to the hybrid cloud, sponsored by Merlin International and NetApp U.S. Public Sector at federalnewsradio.com.